Hey community of awesome WhatsApp, this voice is Malka. Welcome to our channel once again and welcome to a brand new video. Okay, today uh, we, uh, we are doing the seventh episode of In Conversation with still in the lockdown, still doing the uh, virtual segment, so to say. And today I have a very interesting guest. Okay, uh, he is the CEO of Shebang, uh, Mr. Akshay Gurnani. Uh, Shebang is one of India's leading marketing agencies. If you are working in marketing, you already know the stature that Shebang is at. Uh, they have a 300 people team uh, they work with 100 plus clients from over the globe and a, a very interesting mind today i'm going to pick his brains understand his strategy understand how he built shebang with his other uh, founders and partners and i'm sure you learn a lot uh, stay through the course and without any further ado let's get uh, our guest on the screen hi akshay sir thank you hi. thank you for being on the show uh it's a pleasure to have you on the show and you know shabang has been something which i've been for, for following for a while now you and harshil uh sir have been someone i've uh, followed your journey and your career graph so to say and it's yeah. very interesting your journey is very interesting shabang's journey is very interesting the agency yeah. agency's pos positioning so to say is very interesting and it's it's a delight to have you on the show thanks thanks agar thanks for having me I'm glad uh, you know many youngsters are actually doing these podcasts during the lockdown. Right. Uh, so I've been having a good time chatting up with a lot of marketing enthusiasts and you know trying to just you know think out different ideas, think out different things that we can do together as a community of marketers. And uh, right. I'm I mean thanks for having me on the show. It's it's good to be here. Awesome, sir. It's a pleasure to have you. So let's get into questions. Understand yeah. marketing better. Yeah. So I mean, you know, before we start, you know, I ask this to all my guests: if you could just walk us through your journey, how you got into Shebang, your earlier careers, how you know the your journey, your personal journey, as well as the journey of Shebang as an agency has been. Sure. Sure. Um, so my journey has been pretty long, actually. I'm I'm 30 now, so I've been in the industry for almost 10 years. Uh, I began my you know professional journey in 2010. So um, I did my graduation from HR College in Bombay. Uh, actually, I was the only student who did both you know marketing and finance uh, because I've always been a marketing guy in my mind. But I always felt that I need to learn some finance because numbers are very important also. Right. I've always loved numbers. I've loved mathematics. I've loved numbers overall. So uh, you know I I pursued both marketing and finance. I even gave my major in finance. um i even found of my placement in the first job was as a financial analyst actually um oh, very different wow. from what i'm doing currently in life but uh, i think those 6 months really paved the way for you know giving me the the impetus to actually understanding how numbers work so balance sheets profit and loss numbers um so i worked for about 6 months as an analyst uh, and completely hated what i was doing that time so i said okay fine now is a good time to sort of you know move out um and get into the marketing sphere um that's actually when you know i sort of switched to marketing um and i, I joined foxy at that point in time um so yeah so i i basically joined foxy you know like right after i quit my financial job um and i started off you know as a content writer uh so i mean right after i finished my financial job you know i actually joined foxy uh, and back then in 2010 digital marketing was really booming um it was you know the facebook revolution sort of came in that time 2011 okay. 2012 is when we all sort of got onto the platform um and social media marketing smm as we called it back in the days what started really picking up a lot uh, so i joined them as a as a content writer you know we were a team of about 10 people um in a small office writing content writing posts for facebook writing tweets um that's all we knew that's all we knew about marketing that time because that's all that there was to do on on digital um But I think those two three years really, you know, gave digital a big boom, uh, and India saw a big spurt in in the entire digital marketing sphere. Um, so I obviously grew along with the company uh, from a content writer, moved up to become a team lead, to become a group account manager. Um, I spent about two years in the Bombay team. You know, had a team of about eighteen people working with me. Uh, I was just twenty three at that time, um, and, and typically, like how you know most other you know. youngster wants to do his mba right after he turns 23 24 because you know it's it's a, it's a tick mark event in his life right like a milestone right. to do it um so I, i was thinking of doing a marketing mba at that point in time but right. uh, i actually had the opportunity to move to bang uh, to to delhi to gurgaon um to start a delhi operations for the foxy team 
Um, so at the age of 23, I sort of moved over there to Gurgaon. Um, I was the only person from Bombay who moved over there to Gurgaon and started this team from scratch completely. So, uh, you know, I, I was there for about a year and a half. Uh, by the end of the year and a half, I had about 40 people working with me. We had about eight big clients uh, doing a lot of business, actually. Um, and I think those, those one and a half has really taught me a lot about myself. Uh, because I lived alone, you know, I, I had to do a lot of things professionally, I had to do a lot of things personally. Um, actually, a lot of learnings came in those 18 months that I was there. Uh, again, Delhi, Gurgaon as a market are very diff different and difficult as compared to Bombay. Um, you know, it's highly unorganized, highly unprofessional. Uh, but I, I learned a lot during that journey. Um, and again, this is around 2000. 14 and November 2014 is when um, I decided to actually come back to Bombay. Um, and coincidentally, Harshil was moving out that time. Um, his brother Sohil was also out of the job that time. So the three of us sort of came together um, and said, let's do something you know, together. Um, and that's when Shebang actually happened in Jan 2015. Uh, so it's been about five years now for us at Shebang, uh, five and a half years. Uh, you know, amazing journey for us, actually, for all three of us as individuals. We've learned a lot in the in the five years, you know. Um, I think the three of us are quite distinctive in what we do. So, uh, Harsh is the, the dreamer, as we keep calling it. He's the guy who sets the vision. He's the guy who yeah. is the business. Uh, Soel is the aesthetics technical guy. So, he leads the entire tech operation. He's the very creative kind of guy when it comes to design. Um, I'm more of the doer, so I run all of the retainer brands, uh, you know, the strategy, the communication, the creative for these brands. Um, so as individuals, we've tried to sort of, you know, departmentalize what we focus on within the company itself. Um, and that's been something that's good for us because we're able to grow within our own jobs. Um, and yeah, I mean, the past five years have been great because now we have a team of about 350 people across Bombay and Bangalore. Uh, we work with about again, 100 brands across the board. So to Jan 2015 is when Shebang sort of happened. We incorporated on 28th of Jan 2015 is when we incorporated Shebang officially. Um, and the past five and a half years have been quite an exciting journey for the three of us. Uh, you know, the three of us are quite, uh, we departmentalize the way we work ourselves also, because I think as partners, it's very important not to step on each other's toes. So Harshil is more of the dreamer. He sets the vision for the company. Uh, he builds the business. Uh, Soil is more of a tech guy with a creative, you know, aspect towards work. So he does all of the tech work. He he runs the entire tech department at Shebang. Also, he's a great designer himself. So he adds mm. value to the company. Um, and I'm more of the doer because that's how I've learned my entire journey of really doing, you know, campaigns, writing copies, mm. So I look after all of the retainer brands at Shebang. So the creative, the strategy, the content, the execution come under my purview. Um, but the past mm -hmm. five and a half years have been quite exciting for us. Um, we started with a team of about eight people. Now we're about 350 people across Bo Bangalore and Bombay um, wow. with over 100 brands, you know, on, on the retainership. Um, so again, the journey has been quite exciting because we've tried to innovate a lot with the kind of services we offer. Um, you know, at the heart of Shebang, we are integrated. Uh, Shebang actually stands for completeness or wholeness. Uh, it's right. the whole as we call it colloquially, it's a 17th century, you know, thing. Um, so that comes from the perspective of saying that, you know, can we do everything under one roof? Uh, and how can we give a complete solution to clients is what we believe in. So not only are we doing social media, but we're doing the media buying, we're doing SEO, there's influencer marketing, we have a, like a production house internally, uh, there's a lot of tech innovations happening. So yeah, it's the whole shebang that we think of, yeah. And in these integrated and you know that's very interesting with shebang is because it is this integrated uh, solution so to say and that is what you know brands also uh, tend to gravitate towards i'd like yeah. to ask you about digital marketing you know uh, digital marketing as you said started from tweeting out you know post social media management all of that yeah. to where today shebang is an integrated solution how yeah. do you see the evolution in digital media and digital marketing uh, in these years and how do you see it growing further? Yeah, I think digital has grown a lot basis the infrastructure that is being provided. So, you know, back in the day, again, data was expensive. Uh, we didn't have the right kind of technology to really support, you know, video format. Um, mm. Hence, most of the content we made was in textual form, right? Even images oh, yeah. used to take a lot of time to buffer on a, on a normal, you know, BlackBerry phone back in the day. Uh, so mm. hence, most of the content we actually made was very, you know, textual based, um, non, like non-motion, extremely static in sense, right? Um, I think 
how the entire industry sort of moved towards uh, it's actually moved towards smartphones you know cheaper data for example with the entire geo revolution coming into play uh, the kind of data consumption that's happening within our country self you know 9 gb data per month um, it's a lot of data being consumed right by everyone so um, also 600 million people you know use utilizing again data on a on a monthly basis that's a huge mm-hmm. number so um, i think a lot of what we do today is is guided by how the entire infrastructure of the industry has moved um which is why nowadays again video content has become the mainstay for most brands right we make a lot of short format long format content um ar vr as technology has sort of tried to at least you know get its its footing within the industry now brands are trying to you know uh, experience or at least you know experiment with some you know ar vr kind of content um and i think that's how the industry has actually moved so from going from complete static to more motion based content um i think as as content creators it's also been an evolution for us uh, to keep seeing how people are consuming content and seeing the patterns and actually moving our uh, creation in that in that format also um, which is why now we spend a lot of time making gif content you know motion graphic content a mm-hmm. production team makes a lot of you know motion graphic work also um and that's again that's that's because the industry is moving that way yeah you know uh, we also work in the agency space itself and agency culture so to say is very interesting because you know it is a model that you can bootstrap on because you know production is something you would have to put a lot of capital in but agency doesn't take a, lo- a lot of capital you know and there is a money cycle that keeps you growing but yeah. in this uh, disruption so to say is the covid-19 virus how do you think the agency culture so to say has evolved and is going to evolve and how has it affected the whole agency culture because agency is something you can operate remotely right but how efficiently are you able to uh, manage it and how's it going how's the uh, virus affecting you yeah i think if we just take a step back and understand why is culture important right uh, we believe that culture is a complete make or break for any agency uh, you know people really buy into a culture of the company um, i think when your culture starts going downhill is when you start losing people when you start losing people you start losing clients right um which why from day one we felt that our culture has to be extremely strong um which means that for example we have a very large space in bombay we have about 14000 square feet of space in bombay um but there's no cabin so we have a complete open door policy right so every employee can come and talk to anybody in the company uh, now that's a culture you try to build from day one that it's a culture of openness it's a culture of learning it's a culture of oneness right um and i think that's something we try to focus a lot of our attention on even as individuals that how do we be available for everyone because i think everyone's learning in their own journeys everyone is young in the company so how do we keep everybody motivated um so i think because our culture in that sense is so strong when we actually we started working from home um it wasn't difficult for us to manage because from day one itself we were very transparent with the team when it comes to you know working from home policies we transported everybody's you know uh, desktops laptops home within 48 hours of the this lockdown being announced so 17th march everybody was working from home um, we were quite transparent in terms of you know collections we were quite transparent in terms of you know the kind of brands who are reducing spends with us for example um we tried to also give salaries 7 days before time um because we know that people are facing an issues right now sitting at home they're got to pay rent they might be the only working member of their family currently um these are very small things which we do for the company for the for the employees but that's a part of the culture right? it's a part of the culture of saying that we care uh, and and we love what we do and we love the people who actually do it for us um so i think when covid actually struck us it was not very difficult for us to transition from office to home uh, people adopted pretty quickly you know we tried to do many team building activities for example like you know on whatsapp for example we have a chef community we've created where people are sharing recipes we have a workout group where people are discussing you know different workouts that are happening um, we have a photography club that's happening on 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 instagram on, on facebook also instagram also um, so many small things that we're doing we had like a housey night recently where about 120 employees they housey together we had a ludo oh, wow. challenge happening also people came made ten groups and played ludo together um mm. again small things we had an origami session happening on monday we're teaching origami to the team uh, planning a couple of you know music nights for example um 
Now, all of this really comes from within the culture itself. Um, and many of these ideas actually come from the employees, uh, which is a great thing for us because they're also thinking of how they can keep the team motivated. Uh, we also tied up with this app called Mindhouse, where people are, are listening to you know mindfulness activities, doing yoga, uh, because I think mental health is a big thing right now that people are getting bogged down with work, people are feeling drained, right? So we try to give our team a way to actually unwind at the end of the day so they can actually, you know, log in and uh, prescribe, subscribe to different kind of, you know, yoga, meditation kind of, you know, activities all free of cost. Um, so again, it, it comes from the culture. Um, and I think, you know, this culture that we built is going to also take us beyond this COVID situation. Um, I think some of the things we try to incorporate during COVID will actually be carried forward even post-COVID because I think they've become a part of our lives now. These two months have really trained us how to do things from home. Um, I think going forward, we'll actually incorporate a lot of these things into our daily life also. Maybe like doing yoga every day, doing mindfulness every day, you know, uh, meditation may be one thing also. So, yeah. You know, one of the USPs, so to say, of Shabang has been that it is an integrated solution, so to say. Uh, and in building an agency like that, which, you know, and you, because it is so unique, you don't have something that you can refer to or look back at on how it was built. So what were your, what were some of the challenges that you felt uh, uh, were there because it was an integrated marketing company, so to say? Um. Yeah, I think the integrated marketing thought actually came uh, basis our understanding of what clients want. Um, mm. If you see clients really need agencies who can deliver the entire solution under one roof, right? Um, mm. If you see most most brands are actually moving to companies who can give them everything from content to media to influencers to production under one under one roof. Um, that's also how our thought process sort of worked. We said that you know instead of doing just one service. How can we have a plethora of you know services under Shabang itself, right? Um, but I think the challenge that comes with that is about you know how do you hire the right kind of people? How do you hire the right kind of talent who can you know not just think about their service but think integrated? Because at the end of the day, the client is looking for people who can think integrated, right? right. So while they come to the SEO team for the SEO service, but if the SEO guy can't understand how media works or if he can't understand mm-hmm. how content works. Uh, it's a failure, right? Uh, now, unfortunately, how most agencies up till maybe 2015 were built were that they they really specialized in you know X Y Z services, uh, mm-hmm. but they didn't have this integrated mindset up to a large extent, right? So um, for us, that was a big niche. That was a big you know uh, void in the industry. Saying how can we do everything under one roof itself uh, and do it well? Not just do it for the sake of doing, but do it well because that eventually can become a big USP for us also. Um, so I think the challenge was of getting the right kind of talent who can think integrated um, and obviously then training them to actually come up to speed with, you know, everything that we are thinking of as an agency. Um, so I think, yeah, that's, that's one big challenge we saw there. Yeah. But, you know, in that comes my next question is hiring such talent is not easy then because uh, we come from a culture of specialization, so to say, and stepping back from them saying that, you know, you now have to learn uh, different things and not specialize, you know, understand at least the basics of all of it. How does then hiring happen? What do you look uh, when hiring for? Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, it's difficult to hire someone who's a generalist we do mm. eventually hire someone who's a specialist in that field. Mm. Uh, but I think it's the culture again, right? It comes down to the culture saying that, how is that person able to go and talk to anybody in the company and learn anything he wants uh, in order to broaden his horizon, right? Mm. Uh, so somewhere it actually ties back to the culture of the company being an open culture, of being a culture of, you know, training, learning, unlearning. That's what we believe in, right? Like, um, so while we still go out and hire a specialist because we don't have an option. There's no other option. Uh, but then it's on us to see how we can actually get them to start thinking in a more integrated fashion, which again comes from trainings, which comes from dialogue, which comes from, you know, frequent one-on-ones, for, for example. Um, I, I think once your senior team is is good, then they start percolating that across the entire company. So again, as, as a senior department or a senior team, it's difficult for us to talk to all 300 employees, right? Because the company is really large now across cities. Uh, but I think what we focus on is actually spending time with the top 10% of the company and then they start taking those learnings down to the rest of the company, right? Which is what it, what's actually important in that sense. Um, 
so yeah that's that's the challenge but that's how we sort of work around it so you know this were some challenges that you faced as an agency as yeah. entrepreneur you know you have to learn adapt learn adapt and that's how the journey is what were some you know if you could put it in numbers your top 3 learning so to say out of entrepreneurship yeah. in general um i think number 1 has to be that you know um identify opportunities and uh, try to seize the opportunity that's very important uh, see entrepreneurship is risky uh, it's it's not easy because you are putting in a lot of capital on your own um, you are putting in a lot of time and effort into your own business to build something not knowing whether you're going to get a salary not knowing whether you're going to get a profit at the end of the day right um, but i think if you don't try you won't know um and that's what i believed right from when i i moved to gurgaon back in 2013 right i said if i don't actually do this i'll never know better uh right. maybe the mba would sound great maybe i would have gotten a great you know paycheck at the end of my two years of mba um uh, but what i'm getting today as an entrepreneur through those two years of actually being in gurgaon actually gives me a lot of confidence to say okay now i can take the risk because i've done it before in the past right so i think one big learning for me has been that you know seize the opportunity um you won't get this every single time uh you know try looking for the right kind of opportunities in your domain or could be a different domain altogether but try learning um and there's so much to actually learn in the industry also today uh, the good thing is that we have access to data we have access to people we have access to mentors uh make the most of those because you know eventually they can really help you groom to become a better person um i think a second thing which i've learned really a lot is that to be grateful um you know whatever we've got up till date whatever we've grown to today is i think is because we've been humble uh, we've tried to be grateful for all of the partners who believed in us all of the employees who come and worked with us people who believed in our vision because when we started off we had nothing we had a vision nothing else right we had a 10000 square foot office and nothing else right besides the vision so i think we're very grateful to the people who actually believed in us believed in our vision and took us to where we are today so i think you know certainly you know opportunity to be grateful to be humble are some things that we really really value as individuals yeah i'm so sorry i don't know what's wrong with the internet no problem it's okay yeah as long, uh, as, long as my net is coming fine is okay right as long as you can can yeah yeah, yeah. 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 uh so yeah uh, you know uh, you sp- briefly spoke about the vision that you had and that's yeah. something very important with at least startups you know because that is what keeps you g- going when things are not going right what was the vision with shabang back then what's the vision now going forward yeah i i think uh, what i was talking about earlier i think the vision has always been to be a partner to the client you know for us it's always been that we've got to be a win win partner for the client because we believe one of our principles actually is that when the client business wins we win um right. and we've got to have a win win you know mindset to everything that we do right um so i think the vision right from the beginning was that how do we serve our clients um, for whatever needs they might have um and many times clients come to us with things which we probably have never done before right so a client say okay let's do a let's do an event together we had never done an event ever in the past but we said okay let's do it and we actually did it for them the client become saying let's do mainline print work we've never done it before but can we do it maybe yes now we actually have three large clients for also mainline clients for us um but mm. a lot of times um what actually happens is that as a part of our vision we try to tell people that no never say no um let's take it up let's take it up as a challenge because even we will learn from there i think the vision that we sort of set out was that we've got to be the one stop shop you know a partner to all of our clients and that's still something we believe in because i think as a vision that will never change uh, the requirements might change the demands might change the pricings might change the team might change but i think as the vision we're quite focused on being a one stop partner to all of our clients needs right awesome you know when a company is looking out for a agency what do you think the company now working with 100 plus clients across the globe there has to be something common in this uh, companies right what are they looking for in agencies when hiring so um you know i think uh, you know clients are very open to now giving a lot more importance to digital agencies uh, earlier it was the mainline guys who were sort of running the entire show uh, they were the guys running the entire mainline communication 
but i think nowadays the the lines are highly blurred right when it comes to mail line versus digital communication the lines are highly blurred uh, a lot of times we are the ones dictating the mail line communication for the clients brand overall right um, so i think clients are really looking mm-hmm. for integrated partners again going back to what our philosophy is of being integrated um, i think clients are looking for an integrated partner who can deliver everything to them um, at a cost effective you know price obviously because it comes down to pricing uh, clients are looking at how they can get great work at the best price um, i think they're also looking at young teams now they're looking at young nimble flexible teams uh, who have that you know that fire in the belly to actually get things done um and that's a great place for again digital marketers like us because you know again the industry is highly young like even shebang for example you know we're about 300 people but our average age is about 23 right so uh, the way these 23 year olds sort of understand communication and marketing is something very different right they are the gen z they are the millennials that we talk about right um, and they are the future so if these are guys who are actually running the brands it's it's a lot simpler for them to understand what the brand requires so i think more agencies right really, i mean what brands actually look for are integrated mindsets you know great price young and nimble team um, and just i think a great body of work you know you spoke briefly about great price and cost effective solutions yeah. one thing you know i see agencies doing wrong is either they quote less price or either they quote uh, to higher price what how do you think the pricing uh, of a agency should happen because yeah. you know there are different ways i'm not going to i don't want you to get into the technicalities of it but the basic sure. on how you value your own service sure see um, a client is basically paying for your time right we are all in a service industry uh, the client is paying for time that's what they're paying for now in a given amount of time my team can do an x number of deliverables right so mm. say for example the client needs to do say you know 50 posts on facebook say 20 posts on instagram 15 tweets maybe two videos uh, a couple of gif posts one cow photo hypothetically right now for mm-hmm. me to actually understand how will i perform this task i need a team now a team will have a copywriter a designer a strategist a creative guy so what we do is actually we put together team structure right a team structure which will have the different kind of people as a part of it we see what the salaries are because they're paying for their time um and then we put our overheads to run the company your rents your overheads in terms of you know electricity water everything as it comes on, under that um plus your profit margin which could be 15 20% which is uh, an industry standard for actually running a company right? and average um then that sort of comes together to give you a price and that's what the client is very paying for right so if the client says okay fine this is too expensive for me then we try bringing down the deliverables okay fine we if you don't want to pay this much we bring down the price by 15% but we have to compromise on five post and post whatever else needs to be right so it's all mapped back to the client's requirement the deliverables the salary of the team along with the overheads that we are actually paying to run the company uh, you talked about that the average age uh, at your office is about 23 24 is that yeah. a conscious effort that you make to have a young team uh actually not uh, so just the thing is that a lot of youngsters want to start the career in digital marketing so by default we end up hiring a lot of youngsters um, not to say that we don't have older people also like we have people who are also 35 and 34 and 33 also uh, i myself i'm i turned 31 this year harshil uh, himself is about 32 so we do have some gray hair in the company uh, but you know digital as a as an industry is uh extremely young in that sense it's it's very attractive to the youngsters so hence everyone's coming into the industry so fortunately unfortunately you know they're only hiring youngsters obviously as you keep hiring for the higher positions like your senior teams your you know your c level people uh, they generally come at a much more expensive uh, paycheck plus they come with many more years of experience but that typically is about 5 to 10% of the entire company but the 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 chunk of the people are actually youngsters right who are really running the daily business for you do you think uh, it is uh, profitable so to say to put the execution part in a young hands team uh, not in terms of profitability but in terms of the content that is being extracted from the team uh, i think yes and no um, yes i say why because 
the kind of insights a youngster has and again the kind of brands that we work with today are very young brands also or they reach out to youngsters who are the gen z so when the content is being written by the gen z for himself it's a lot better it's a lot more insightful for example we work with you know brands like tinder for example right now tinder is dating app now if you ask me to write a copy for tinder i'll never know what the insight is but when a 21 year old writes a copy for tinder he exactly knows because he uses the app himself right um, so we have about you know most of our brands are talking to gen z so in that sense it's it's very good to have youngster writing copy um, obviously for the challenge for us is how do we keep training the youngsters to actually write better copy um, and how to derive more insights because they are still in their first job they've never been taught how to write these copies never been taught how to run a brand right um so our challenge right now is how do we keep training them over and over again to keep getting better at what they are doing um yeah, the good part is that you know they are a lot more insightful they they are a lot more you know energy in their in their step they a lot more vigor in what they want to do um they also very motivated because they want to grow in the company they want to give new ideas so that's a great thing i think the kind of energy they come with is great uh, but the drawback is that yeah, we got to spend a lot more time and effort training them um giving them a lot more confidence giving them the motivation because for them again they switch jobs very fast right um if you give them 2000 3000 rupees more they'll switch jobs right or they'll you know the biggest challenge that we face is that you know, people want to go and study right so they work for two years and so okay fine now I'm going and studying now you've trained them for two years you've actually got them to learn your business and then they overnight say i'm bouncing right now you can't you can't stop them but um mm-hmm. what to do is that at least show them the vision of the company so maybe as they see the company is growing maybe even they can grow with the company so that's what our challenge you said a very interesting thing with the tinder analogy that you took and you know that something made me curious is how your uh, campaign allocate a location to the uh, team works how do you allocate a campaign uh, to a team is it by default that you know the team who is free who takes it up or is it that the brand which uh, people the team feels for takes it up how how does that work yeah i think we spoke about the generalist versus the specialist kind of a thing in the beginning right um so sometimes we actually get people who are very passionate about a particular kind of industry like you know that the girl who's right now leading all of our, our beauty and makeup brands she loves makeup herself um, and she's been a makeup enthusiast for many years now so she understands makeup in and out right so we put her on to the brand because we felt that the kind of insights she can bring on the brand would be better than most of the people in the company um, tinder for example you know we needed someone who can write really funny copy witty copy um So we actually got a comedian. His name is Madhavendra. So, so Maddie actually is a stand-up comedian. He handles the Twitter account mm-hmm. for for Tinder. But because he's a comedian, he can think of that kind of copy, right? So um, sometimes, wow. yeah, it it comes down to if the brand is very very niche or requires a very particular kind of a a job profile, we actually go out and hire for those. So we'll tell the client that allow us maybe like a month, month and a half to actually you know hire somebody for that position because. it's a specialist role um otherwise most of our our allocations happen basis you know who either has bandwidth at that point in time um or who has an inclination towards that kind of an industry um also because we worked with so many brands in the past we've already had many people who worked on these different kind of industries in the past right so we try mapping it back to what have their learnings been in the past so if somebody has worked on beauty in the past we try putting them onto another beauty brand because they'll understand the industry a lot better so it's a mix of interest it's a mix of you know what the current learnings are uh, and what their interests also are in the field and it's a mix of you know again hiring for a specific role but that's generally if the client asks us for those kind of roles uh when you get a campaign idea how does uh, you know the team at chabang go on executing it like what are the steps they take what do they think of uh when helping the brand how does that work out um so you know typically when we get a brief from the client uh, we spend a lot of time trying to understand the brief uh, we spend a lot of time with the client trying to understand what does the client want to achieve from the brief um then we try understanding what is the consumer insight because i think everything you do is for the consumer at the end of the day right so if you don't understand what the consumer wants um, all of your communication can fail because it might not resonate with the consumer 
Um, so we try spending some time trying to understand the consumer insights a little better. Um, then we again get down to actually breaking up the campaign depending on how large the campaign is, basis, you know, budgets, basis, scale, basis, uh, time duration, for example. Um, we try breaking down the phases, right? So what will the first phase of the campaign be about? Uh, is it about awareness? If yes, what will phase two move to? So can it move to consideration? Can it eventually move towards a, a conversion? So again, most brands nowadays are looking for conversions because you know the entire paradigm shift of uh, mm. content and you know communication has moved towards conversion-led advertising. So e-com, for example, direct to consumer. Um, so again, we try understanding what is the client's objective from the campaign and try phasing out the campaign basis which platform will drive that objective. So can I use Instagram, for example, to build awareness plus swipe ups to lead to a third party website to make a purchase, right? Um, can I use YouTube, for example, for long format content, which is rankable on, on Google, probably, right? Can I actually drive blog content with influencers to get backlinks to my website to help in SEO? So again, it all comes down to what the brand's objective is. We try to figure out what platforms will drive that objective and then think of ideas to actually manifest an entire idea across different platforms. So it takes a lot of time because in a nutshell, it's, it sounds very easy, but there are many, many processes to the entire job. Uh, but I think it starts with understanding the consumer psyche. Consumer insights the most important thing here. What were some things that you think in this industry you learned the hard way that you know you wish someone would have had told you earlier but didn't and you learned on ground the hard way? I mean, I think because we've already been a part of another growing company in the past, we had a lot of learnings from there, right? Um, I mean, Harshil was ex-founder of Foxy, for example. Foxy. So, so he obviously had his own, you know, learnings as an entrepreneur because he'd already built a company for seven years. Um, right. I had my own experiences of building my small team in Gurgaon, for example. Um, so I think we didn't necessarily have mentors back then because there weren't too many mentors mm -hmm. back then. Uh, but I think we learned on the job a lot of things. And um, I think a lot of what we've learned back in the day, we're trying to incorporate now into the current company, into Shebang. Um, so right from the hiring, right from the culture, right from the transparency, for example, uh, right when it comes to the, the mindset of, of, the, of the teams, right from the training aspect of it. Uh, I think all of these things have come as learnings for us, which now we've incorporated within this new company. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not new anymore. It's been five and a half years, but uh, for us, it's still a baby. We're still growing the company. We're still in the growth phase right now. So I think a lot of learnings actually come, you know, on a daily basis and, mm. and the learnings could be so minute, right? They could be like, you know, someone feels bad that you haven't said thank you to them on a WhatsApp group or you've not said congratulations on a WhatsApp group, right? That's a small learning, but it tells me that, okay, fine. I should have even thanked that person on the group, right? It's a very small thing, but you know, maybe it goes a very long way in actually motivating somebody at a junior level. Uh, but it's, it's again, it's a new learning every day that we see, you know. How, you know, this gives me the insight to a question that how do you manage the micro as well as macro? So once you have to, you know, think about the future of a company of the five yeah. year, 10 year plan, and then you have to think about, you know, thanking someone on WhatsApp. How do you manage the micro and the macro of it? It's, it's crazy. So like right now I am on 120 WhatsApp groups. Um, because every brand has an internal group at Shebang and the external client group. Then we have micro groups for smaller discussions. Then we have our senior team groups for senior discussions. Then we have an HR group, we have a finance group. So there are way too many groups which are buzzing the entire day. So even if I put off my phone for three hours, there will be about you know 500 messages that will sort of catch up on. So um, quite frankly, it's, it's difficult because we're also getting emails the entire day. We're marking almost all the emails um, but I think for us, we're trying to figure out how we can train the second and third rung of the company now to start taking responsibility for everything that we used to do. Uh, because I think only when we start freeing up our mind is when, when we actually start thinking of the larger vision. Not that we don't think of it right now, but I think we need some more bandwidth to think of it more often. Um, but I think it's a, it's a process. Uh, it can't happen overnight. I think it comes from how you can train the next set of people to actually take up the role that you've been performing. 
um, I think right now we have a great second and third round of people also. Um, a lot of people who joined us four and a five years back have still been with us. So they have been growing up in the company. Uh, so now they exactly understand our bank functions. They understand our processes. They understand our visions, right? So now they're able to translate that into action, which is a great thing for us. Um, so I think it's, it's been getting better with time. Um, the first three years were obviously very difficult because we did everything. We should do everything right from writing copies to executing, to think your vision, to hiring people. I think now we have a little more time to think of the larger company vision. Um, but I think it comes with having a great team. Uh, and if you don't have a team, you have nothing. That's what I believe in. Yeah. You know, in that, how do you uh, go ahead, you know, selecting this team? How do you go ahead? What do you, what you personally feel has been your, uh, so uh, say to say, uh, you know, that this person might be good on the team or this person might not be or has it just been trial and error um i think again like hiring people for the past 10 years like you, you can sort of read people now like the moment they enter into your conference room and they actually you know come for the interview you can tell basis their attitude basis their culture with the way they speak you can really tell what their vision is for themselves um you know, obviously we look at resumes, we will give them a test. But that I think is secondary. Um, I think a lot of what we believe is we try to understand from people, even during our interviews, you know, we try to understand from them what do they want to achieve in life. Uh, because if their vision somewhere matches with what our company vision is, even though they might not write the best copy, even though they might not have the most relevant experience, but I think if they can really match with your thought process, they can learn everything on the job because it's not rocket science. Trust me, you can you can teach anybody anything right now digital because it's it's not rocket science, right? Um, so I think we've tried to give a lot of importance on uh, just the attitude and aptitude of a person when it comes to just their culture overall, their own individual culture, right? Um, and everything has become secondary from there. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, you know, what are some things that you think the, that you see the company is doing wrong in the marketing field? Uh, from the company's side, you think are some mistakes that you see generally the companies doing in marketing? Uh, I think this COVID time has taught us a lot. And I think one thing that I've seen is that you know, companies who have, who have not diversified in the past three, four years, are the ones who are struggling. So companies who have just been doing production, for example, are struggling because no brand wants to spend on production right now. Companies who are only doing media, for example, are struggling right now because clients don't have money to spend on media. Um, so I think I wouldn't call it a mistake. It could be maybe lack of you know expertise. It could be lack of risk-taking abilities. It could be lack of a good team. Um, so I won't call it a mistake per se, but I think as we've realized this lockdown made us realize that we're so thankful for the fact that we have so many diversified solutions within the company mm -hmm. itself. Um, there is something we can offer to every client. So whether it be a media, influencers, production, content, you know, SEO, long format, tech, whatever needs to be, we have it in-house. So while one department might not be doing very well, the other departments make up for the lack of the other departments, right? So in a way, we don't have to fire the teams. So we haven't had to let go of any employees in this COVID situation, which is a great situation to be in because once things do become better, we all come back and we all start working with full strength. Um, but the good thing is that because we have certain services that are doing well currently, they're able to make up for the lack of the other departments also. <clears throat> so I won't call it a mistake per se, but I think it's, it's more about um, just that culture of being, you know, completely integrated, which has sort of saved us in this COVID situation. Awesome. Uh, you know, we'll move towards a few last questions uh, in the conversation. Is that, you know, how do you think uh, automation has uh, helped uh, digital marketing? And what do you see the future of automation in digital marketing? If you could give a few examples of how automation has changed the industry. Sure. Uh, so, you know, actually one of our key principles is also technology to simplify. We believe that technology can really simplify, you know, most of our job roles. Uh, be it using chatbots, for example, to take over the mundane ORM that we do. 
um, to actually automating tools internally. So we're actually building a Shebang app right now, which is an internal app for Shebangers, um, where they'll have all of their attendance, they'll have all of their leaves, they'll have all of their in and out timings. Um, is that Shebang Wiki? Yeah, so Shebang Wiki will be a part of the Shebang app. Uh, but uh, Shebang Wiki was the first step towards the app. So all of the training resources are actually available online. So people can just go online and learn for themselves. Reports, decks, you know, helpful presentation, helpful processes, mm-hmm. helpful documentation are all there on the wiki itself. Um, so that's one part of the entire automation. Uh, we're looking at how we can also automate the entire training schedules for our teams also. So they can learn a lot more frequently online during their own downtime. Uh, we're looking at onboarding a lot more tools that can increase the productivity of the teams when it comes to process mapping, when it comes to, you know, removing mundane jobs that the people are doing every now and then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, automation is is the key. Uh, but I think it's very important to find the right fit because automation is also expensive. Uh, if, you are not, if you are not building your own automation, you're actually white, whitelisting it from some other partner. So generally, it's very expensive to also whitelist these, you know, the automation things. We're also actually automating all of our reporting systems now. So every month we send out a report to the client, which is being automated right now. So, you know, with the click of a button, the entire report downloads into a PDF, which goes to the client directly. So even that's being automated now because we realized that the, we realized that the reporting took two days to finish. So imagine spending six to eight hours every month on just making reports, right? across 300 employees. That's a lot of time saved. Right. So, yeah, I mean, again, automation is the way forward for sure, but I think it's about identifying the right use of the automation Mm, uh, and and finding the right kind of, you know, gap that there is in the system, which actually requires the automation. Right. And simplification is one of those, you know, uh, ways I think is how automation can be included. Awesome, uh, Akshay. It's been an absolute delight and pleasure learning from you uh, via this uh, conversation. Uh, A few last questions that I'd ask is, uh, what would your advice be to a young agency who is starting right now? And what would your uh, advice be to a professional who is looking at a career in digital? Marketing. Uh, I think for someone who's running their own business right now, uh, you know, I read a lot of Simon Sinek. I love his books. Uh, now he, I'm reading a book by him called The Infinite Game. Right? It's it's yeah. about it's about how you've got to think everything from a long term perspective. Um, I think we get too bogged down by the short term. We believe that you know, quick money, quick solutions, quick goals, and that's what we're living for. I, I don't think so. I think we all are living for the long term. The reason why we actually became entrepreneurs is actually for something larger and something larger than just money. That's what I personally feel. Uh, so I think for people who have just began their careers as an entrepreneur, I think think of the long term because thinking of the short term and thinking of the current losses is not a correct judge for what the long term can potentially be for you. Right? Um, give it two years, give it three years, give it four years because Right now, to judge yourself in these times is not good because anyway, the markets are down, brands are not spending money, you know, campaign budgets have come down drastically. Um, the teams, we are not able to sustain teams, people are getting fired very easily. So my suggestion is don't think of this downtime as the benchmark. The benchmarks are much higher than this. Um, and if you can think of the infinite game, uh, you know, things will be a lot more positive in the next couple of years. So if you can work towards that, and have that in your mind, I think you'd be a lot more positive towards everything you do. Um, and I think for people who are just beginning their career in digital marketing, um, again, same suggestion, give it some time. Don't keep switching jobs because I think you are, even you are spending time in a job to understand the, to understand their own company, right? To understand the processes of that company. So don't let go of those processes by just switching jobs because every company has their own culture. Every company has their own processes, which you've got to learn from scratch again, which is a big waste of time for yourself also. So I think if you can identify companies that are growing currently um, and spend at least a few years in the company, you'll end up growing a lot more in the role. You'll end up learning a lot more within the same role also um, for you to be able to take more calculated calls for what you should do in the future. Um, and I would say like, don't get bogged down by having to do the MBA, do the MBA, but maybe you can give it a couple of more years of work because 
I think when you actually finish three or four years of work experience, and then you go and do your studies after that, it will the studying will actually make a lot more sense to you as compared to just you know uh, working for one year and then doing the MBA because in your class you'll have people who've been working for five years, five six years, right? So rather get the experience for yourself uh, and then go and study after that. You know, in agencies, uh, very uh, in new agencies, the problem is getting your first few clients, right? Because after that, you can show your work, you can refer yeah. to the uh, brands that you have worked with. How do you suggest someone goes in finding their first few clients? Um, it's a tough one actually because getting a, your first couple of clients is the toughest. Yeah, as you said, um, but I think what you can do is you know that there are many networking groups available online actually where it's very easy to find, you know, people who are looking for small jobs. So there could be like a one month project, for example. Um, so I think to begin with, it's important to take up as many projects as possible because the project mm-hmm. can at least help you build your portfolio of work. Um, don't run after retainers. By retainers, obviously good to have a balanced, you know, inflow of revenue for the company. Uh, but try having at least a few projects on your roster because when you can show to your client, to your potential clients that you've worked with so many different brands, it increases your chance of actually getting more work in the long run, right? So um, a suggestion is get onto many of these marketing forums, look at the networking groups on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn has many of these groups also. Uh, try working with some of your friends and families, right? Uh, try giving work at a discounted price. It might not give you a lot of money, but at least it might give you some work to show on your own portfolio. So my again, suggestion is that try taking as much diversified work as possible. The money will come in the long run for sure, but at least try getting as much work that you can show on your own portfolio. So even if it means doing it at a discounted price or like giving free maybe at some point in time, you know, work for NGOs, do some work for social work, for example. They might need a logo, they might need a branding you know, project. Do some small work over there. You never know, it might open up a whole new plethora of work for you also going forward. Right. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thank you, Akshay, for being on the show. Uh, as I said, it's a pleasure having you and I'm sure our audience also enjoyed it. The last question to sum this all up is yeah. that, you know, in this uh, journey of, say, what, 32 years now, uh, what is one thing that you know for sure in life in entrepreneurship? Uh, what I know for a fact that, uh, that I love being a people's person that, you know, like, see again, like work will come, clients will come, money will come. But I think if you're not a people's person being in a service industry, uh, it's very difficult to manage. Uh, so I think one thing which I've learned and I personally love doing, I, I love, you know, talking to more people. I love teaching. I love being with my team. I love ideating. I think it all comes down to the fact that you've got to be a people's person in all of this because you've got to love being with people. Um, and I think yeah, just just having that at the back of my mind keeps me going every day. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, that's it for the episode. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Agar. Thanks so much. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you uh, liked the interview. I'm pretty sure you did. If you uh, liked the interview, you know the drill, like, share, subscribe. Uh, our website is like now www.thejournal.in. Go check it out. You'll find some exclusive blogs, videos out there. Uh, till the time we meet again, stay healthy, stay awesome, do some awesome stuff. Remember that one also can live a kick-ass life. Be kind to one another. And on that note, travel meets. Hi, everybody. I'm Akshay Gurnani. I'm the co-founder 